0: Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Hey guys, I am so thrilled about our special guest this week. It is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is the New York Times bestselling author of one of my favorite books, Becoming Supernatural. And for you guys unfamiliar, A, go get the book, and then B, This man, his work and passion is centered around exploring how we can use findings from both neuroscience and quantum physics, not only to heal illness, not only to heal illness, guys, but also to enjoy a more purpose-driven, a more fulfilling life, very important right now. And I'm beyond thrilled to have him with us for this special episode. So Joe, welcome.
1: Thank you, Jason, thank you so much.
0: And so my first question is about stress. I think a lot of people are stressed right now, and rightfully, rightfully so. And something you've talked about, you know, you've said that stress knocks us out of balance. So, if stress knocks us out of balance, how can we knock ourselves back in balance?
1: <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing about it is that uh, uh, most people don't think that they have any control over their emotional state. Their emotional responses, their emotional reactions—that they think when an event occurs in their life—and emotions are the end product of past experiences. That when we experience some emotion that causes us to feel threatened, to feel alarmed, to perceive that there's some danger or emergency in our external environment, we switch on a very primitive nervous system to mobilize enormous amounts of energy for that danger or threat in the outer world. And what what are the signals? Uh, in our uh, modern world that creates the stress response is not being able to predict the next moment, not being able to control an outcome, and the perception that something is going to get worse. And if you think about the current circumstances uh, for many people, uh, many people are actually living in the unknown. They're, They've broken from the routine, predictable life that they've normally relied on living in, their personal reality that's been very predictable and very safe and very known. And all of a sudden, people are standing on the precipice of the unknown, and now they're outside of routine. And, And the interesting thing that most people don't understand is that in the unknown, that is the perfect place to create from. So when you respond to a circumstance in your life, and you signal that primitive nervous system, the primary emotions that we feel are fear, aggression or anger, Uh, that's a response to attack. The other one is to run. And then there's pain and sadness and guilt and that's the freeze response. So so in this primitive state we have three options to survive in in a challenging environment, run, fight or hide. Now that works if you're an animal in survival but there's a divine part of us that knows better. And, and, and one of the things that we've studied extensively is to teach people to convert from that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight nervous system, to a more productive nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system. And it requires then a person executing a will that's greater than the program of fear. It's, it's practicing changing your state and changing your chemical response uh, by opening your heart. And when we switch over to this nervous system, something amazing happens. All the energy that we've been mobilizing for some threat in our outer environment, now we start restoring energy in our inner environment. And now we have energy for long-term building projects. We have energy for growth and repair. Now, from a scientific, philosophical, theoretical standpoint, it sounds really easy. But if I said to you when you were angry or you were afraid or you were sad, hey, uh, Jason, why don't you just stop right now? You know, for the most part, people don't believe that they can control that. And anything that you think you can't stop or control is something that you're dependent on or addicted to. So now we have to demonstrate some type of ability to understand that when we shorten the refractory period of those emotional reactions, that's called emotional intelligence, And now we're conserving energy. And now the inner protection system, which is your white blood cells and the inner protection system, which is really your your marching army of order that takes care of viruses, bacteria and mold and and even cancer cells. Uh, These specific cells called T cells become activated and they have receptors that have the ability to attack viruses, to attack mold, to attack bacteria, to attack foreign agents. So stress then, like fear actually weakens the immune response to cause you to become more susceptible to your environment. So then our research shows that 30 minutes over, over the course of just a few days or 10 minutes a day, three times a day, tra- tra- trading fear for gratitude, for appreciation, for kindness, and not waiting for something in your outer environment to create that feeling, you by volition creating it by thought alone. It signals new genes. It strengthens your immune system by fifty percent. Those T cells secrete a chemical called immunoglobulin A. It's a protein. It that immunoglobulin is what what stops viruses and bacteria from attacking T cells. That it's a shield, and so now with this our innate capacity to heal has been enhanced. And in fact. You, there's there's research to show that just four days of doing this strengthening your immune system to such a degree your body is already fighting viruses right now it's already attacking bacteria behind the scenes of your awareness but instead of having those t-cell receptors shut down because the body's saying hey it's not a time to fight an internal war there's too much there's too much activity going in the outer environment and our inner system becomes compromised now 1400 1300 different chemicals are being released that begin to repair and restore the body. So so it's a practice. And we teach people how to practice converting. And, and it's really easy to do it in a meditation. When your eyes are closed, soft music is playing in the background, you're in a community of uh, 1,500 or 2,000 people all doing it at the same time. Ah, that's great. That's, the music's right. The temperature in the room's right. But now, all of this work that we've been practicing is for times like these. Now, now it's time to be greater than your body, be greater than your environment, and be greater than time. Now use what you've learned to create a strong immunity that says that all of a sudden you may start believing more in your innate capacity to heal. Because what you fear uh, you controls you. And so we have to learn how to switch that process.
0: So much to unpack there. So you know, stress, fear, gratitude... You know, one of the worst things you could probably say to someone who's, who's stressed is don't stress. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. No <laughs> one wants to hear that. Do- doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. Uh, but, but, you know, you talked about gratitude. And let's let's take gratitude and, and unpack again, how important is it? And talk about how it affects our biology, our reality, and how, why it's so critical what can we what does that look like for someone right now how can we get going with a gratitude practice that is mm. you know made sure. for these times
1: yeah well this is a great question i think everybody wants to know this answer because uh you know you may want to feel gratitude but if you keep checking the news and you keep checking your pulse and you keep temper- checking your temperature then you're looking for the outcome right and so you're anticipating the worst thing that could happen to you and so someone says to you don't stress well no new information can enter your nervous system that isn't equivalent to the emotion that you're experiencing. So if you're feeling fear, you're going to accept, you're going to believe, you're going to surrender to information that's equal to that emotional state because you're in that state and you're looking for a danger. It's not a time to learn. It's not a time to open your heart. You're in survival. It's time to run, fight, and hide. It's not a time to sit down and close your eyes. It goes against a survival gene. You'd be eaten. so, so, We have to understand then that when we practice uh, opening our hearts and we feel gratitude, think about this. When you're receiving something that's favorable, you just receive something that's favorable, something amazing has happened to you or something amazing just happened to you. You feel this sense of completion and you say, thank you. It's a surprise like, oh, my God, this is nice. It's pleasurable to me. So the emotional signature of gratitude means something just happened. So now, your body is objective. It's the unconscious mind. It does not know the difference between an actual experience in your life that creates an emotion and an emotion that you're fabricating by thought alone. The body is so objective that if you wake up in the morning and you start thinking about your problems, and since your brain is a record of the past, The moment you start thinking about those problems, those are memories that are etched in your brain from past experiences that have to do with certain people, with certain problems, certain times, certain places. And the moment you recall the image of a memory of the past, you're activating circuitry in your brain to cause you to think in the past. And, And every single one of those problems in your life has an emotion associated because you felt it. So the moment you feel unhappy, now your body's in the past. Thoughts are the vocabulary of the brain. Feelings are the vocabulary of your body and how you think and how you feel is your state of being. So now the moment the person gets in contact with the same familiar feeling that they feel every single day, unhappiness, their body is believing it's in the same past experience that created the unhappiness. It doesn't know the difference. So let's switch to gratitude now. person all of a sudden starts practicing Without anything in their environment, they're not hypnotized, they're not conditioned into waiting for their life to change to feel gratitude. They're saying, if I feel gratitude, I understand all the benefits, what's going to happen to me biologically, and I understand how I can program my autonomic nervous system or create something favorable in my life. Well, the emotional signature of gratitude means something just happened to you. So if you practiced switching and practicing opening your heart and you understood a formula or a technique on how to do that, and you had to start with first of all being thankful for your puppy or thankful for your your mother or thank you for the home you thank, thankful for the home you live in that's a beginning that's what may get the chemistry going but we want people to practice feeling gratitude not for the things that have happened in their life or things that they have but we want them to give thanks for things that haven't happened yet because If you're in a state of gratitude and the signature of gratitude is something has just happened, then you're in the perfect state of receiving and you will accept, you will believe, and you will surrender to the thoughts equal to that emotional state. And you can begin to program your autonomic nervous system into a different destiny. So you're suggestible to thoughts that are equal to the feeling of gratitude. So if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free but your body's been conditioned to unhappiness, that thought is never gonna make it past the brainstem to have an effect on the body because the body is feeling something differently. So we have to change the body's state and when energy makes it to the heart, it automatically, we've we've measured this thousands of times, the moment the heart gets orderly and coherent, it sends a rush of energy to the brain, a flow of information to the brain and the brain goes into a very creative state. We convert right from that fight or flight, what we call high beta brainwave patterns, that's emergency, that's arousal, to all of a sudden into this alpha state, but not just any alpha state, very orderly, very coherent. And your brain starts getting new information and it wants to create something new. Now, you just move from a state of survival to a state of creation. And now that's, a, that's, that's where we have to create from, from that, from that elevated state. So we teach people how to practice that. What do we know? it strengthens the immune system. What do we know? It signals new genes, not just one gene, not two genes. You do it for four days. We can guarantee at least eight genes in the research we've done. If you practice it for 60 days, it's going to lengthen your life. It's going to cause the telomeres on the end of your DNA to actually repair. Why? Because the body's feeling safe. And when it's in that state of safety and you're out of survival, now you're ready to create. And so Practicing that sometimes is easier than other times, but you may not be able to control everything in your outer environment. But you can certainly control your inner environment, and and we teach people uh, how to execute that.
0: So you know, it sounds like when you're talking about gratitude, we're we're expressing gratitude for things in the future, which leads me to my next question. You had a you're putting out some great content on Instagram, and one of the things you've said is. The best way to predict the future is to create it, not from the known, but from the unknown. Yeah, Can you talk about that? Mm -hmm.
1: Sure. I mean, uh, let's just say you practice every single day unconsciously remembering your problems as the first thing you do every morning. If you keep combining a stimulus and a response, a thought and a feeling, an image, a picture, a memory, and an emotion you're doing what Pavlov did. you're doing classical conditioning, you're conditioning (laughs) your body into the past. And people do this thousands of times a day. And it's that conditioning process that causes the person to subconsciously memorize that state of being. So now they're subconsciously a victim. What do I mean by that? I mean that they don't even know that when things are good in their life, they feel good. And when things are bad in their life, they feel bad. And in a sense, if you say to that person, why are you unhappy? They'll say, I'm happy because of that person or that circumstance. But what that means from a biological standpoint is that that person or that condition is controlling my feelings and controlling my thoughts. And anything in my environment that has control over me makes me a victim, right? So, So now the hardest part about change is not making the same choice as you did the day before. So let's just say you became conscious that you were a victim and you you didn't even know that you felt uh, suffering and pain and unhappiness just the way you normally feel. Now all of a sudden you become conscious. Oh, my God, I'm unhappy. You become aware that you complain, you blame, you make excuses. You feel sorry for yourself. All of a sudden you start noticing that you have thoughts like, I can't, it's too hard, I'll never change, no one loves me. And now all of a sudden you're coming up against the old self that you can't take into the future. Why? Because your personality creates your personal reality. And your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel. So if your personality creates your personal reality and you want to create a new personal reality, that means you got to change your personality. <laughs> that means you got to start thinking about what you've been thinking about and no longer buy into those thoughts. You got to you got to inhibit the complaining, the blaming, the make excuses, feeling sorry for yourself—you got to stop feeling pity and unworthiness. And now that's what disentangles you from the program. So once you decide, I'm not going to complain, blame, make excuses, feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I'm not going to be in those emotions. You just stepped into the river of change. Now you just left the known, familiar territory, and that's uncomfortable. Well, if the body has been conditioned to be the mind, now the servant is the master, and the body is conditioned to the known. So. You step out and you make a different choice, and all of a sudden it feels uncomfortable. It feels unpredictable. You have some uncertainty. It doesn't feel right any longer. That's because you're out of the known. You're you're stepping into the unknown. Now most people that step in there, all of a sudden they'll they'll do really good for the first hour. Then the body's going, well, look, I've been craving these chemicals of suffering. Uh, for the last 30 years because you've mastered it and all of a sudden you're going to stop today Well, my receptors are dependent on that. So the body starts influencing the mind and it says, start tomorrow, you're a loser, you're too much like your mother, it's your ex's fault, you'll never change. It's the economy, it's the, it's the environment, whatever it is. And you respond to those thoughts and those same thoughts lead to the same choices that lead to the same behaviors that create the same experiences, that produce the same emotions and people say, this feels right. No, you're back to the familiar known, it feels familiar. So going from the old self to the new self, there is a death that takes place. It's neurological, it's biological, it's chemical, it's hormonal. And in that void, in that unknown, if you can teach people to create right there in the unknown and be comfortable and learn the formula of how to do that now, in that unknown, that is the perfect place to create from. And you may not be able to Uh, predict the known, but the best way to predict your future is to create it, which means what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? Put your attention behind them and understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. You're installing hardware. You're installing new circuits. And if you keep firing and wiring, that hardware is going to become a software program. And if the thought is, I'm unlimited. I believe in myself. I believe in possibility. That's going to be the voice in your head. Well, there's no magic there. You installed it. If you said, who do i want to be when i open my eyes and without doing anything with your eyes closed you start to mentally rehearse who you're going to be chances are if you do it properly the brain won't know the difference between the real life event and what you're imagining in your mind and you'll begin to install new hardware in your brain and if you keep practicing rehearsing that the hardware will become a software program that means you'll start behaving like a happy person no magic there in fact. Your brain is no longer in the past now. You are priming it to the future. And then if you said, I'm not getting up from this meditation today until I'm in love with life, until I'm grateful for being alive. Now, now you're out of the bleachers and you're on the playing field and your your brain's going to go through all the reasons why you're unhappy and then you're going to go through all of that and you're going to say, now I'm going to practice, I'm going to open my heart. And if you get up feeling differently and you feel the emotions of your future, and you're combining that intention to be someone else with an elevated emotion, now you're conditioning your body to the mind of the future. And if you keep practicing this, it's going to become familiar to you, and you're going to be a new personality. And a new personality is connected to a new personal reality. Now, why are we doing it? Because we are creators, and we want to see the synchronicities, the serendipities, the coincidences. And all of a sudden, when you start seeing the feedback from your environment, you're going to pay attention to what you just did, and you're going to do it with more passion. Now, you're no longer the victim of your life now. You're going to start believing more that you're the creator of your life now, and you're going to be able to control your feelings and thoughts, and to see when you change the way you think and feel, how it begins to produce an effect in your outer environment. And there's no person that's so special to be excluded from this phenomenon.
0: Well, there are a couple important things I want to note. So I think that the practice of gratitude, visualization, Trying to create a new reality. I think there are a lot of people out there that you know, we kind of do this. Maybe we just run through the motions of gratitude. You know, you know, I'm thankful for my spouse, my my dog, my health, whatever. But I think where most of us fall short is that next step where we're focused on the future, where we are specific in terms of details and emotion the big one yeah. what does that feel like yeah. what does that look like can you paint it and I think that's where the work comes in because I think so many people you know buy into gratitude and yeah I'm thankful could be worse that sort of thing but the the next level of this if you were to is it safe to say is it about is it about specificity future the unknown and 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 drilling into those details the the, the emotion if you will
1: I think, I think, I think it's, I mean, I pay attention to this all the time. I think that there are people who do inner work and when they finish their inner work because they haven't overcome some aspect of themselves in that meditation, in their inner work, they believe in their future less. They believe that it it doesn't work. They believe in that idea because they weren't changed in some way and they're conditioned to think their environment has to change to feel joy. Then there's people who do this work and they understand what gratitude could be used for as an instrument for creation. And when they understand what that means, once energy gets to the heart, energy naturally goes to the brain. Once energy gets to the heart, you begin to produce an ambient magnetic field that's up to three yards wide, three meters wide. Now, now you got a, you got a wifi signal and that energy is a frequency and that frequency can carry information, and it can carry the thought of your health, it can carry the thought of your wealth, because it's a different energy, that the energy of suffering cannot carry the thought of your wealth, it carries a different set of thoughts. So when people start to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it, and they use gratitude or use their heart as a tool, and every day they say, I know I got to overcome myself a little bit more, my past self, and create more of my future self every single day. Think about this. If you are so conditioned into the emotions of your future, because you didn't do it once and gave up, you didn't do it twice and give up, you understood you'd have to change completely for it to appear in your life. If you woke up every single day after two weeks and you got up in a state of gratitude, I guarantee you you would no longer be looking for it to happen. How could you look for it to happen when you feel like it's already happened? And that's the moment you're no longer separate from it. Now you're, you're caught up in the energy of your future. And that means that when you finish your meditation, you're doing it to change your brain and body so that you're greater than the conditions in your environment. And you have to maintain that modified state of mind and body. You gotta be in that energy the entire day. And I say, if you can sustain that energetic change for an extended period of time, get ready. Because something weird, something unpredictable, something unknown, some opportunity, some synchronicity, some serendipity is going to happen in your life because your energy is synchronized with a new possibility. You're in a different energy. And, and now that's, that's the cool part. Because when you see those things happening in your life and they will come in ways that you could never predict. They will come in ways that you would least expect. Why? Because if you can predict them or you can expect them, you're back in the known, it's nothing new. It's gotta be a surprise. It's gotta rock your world. It's gotta cause you to stop for a minute and scratch your head and say, well, that was really weird. I was just, this, how could that happen? Now, Now, it's transcendent of your understanding of how it could happen, but that's none of your business. how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen, you leave it up to a greater mind. Now, then if you understood this, then you wouldn't let any person, any circumstance, any news, any traffic, any past relationship, any memory of the past, stand in the way between you and that future. And you would be more concerned on how to self-regulate in your inner environment and master the conditions in your external environment. And by the way, if you're less of a victim in your life, whether it's from traffic, the news, uh, relationships, past memories, you're no longer saying that person or that circumstance, I'm giving my power to them because they control my feelings. And so if you're overcoming that every day, you will be less susceptible to conditions in your environment because you're no longer the unconscious program that your environment has an effect on you. And wow, your immune system will get stronger, Uh, You could be exposed to all kinds of agents and foreign uh, uh, microbes and your immune system would say, I got this. We got a lot of energy here. There's no way we're we're healthy. You know, uh, that's 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 what's cool about information, because so many people think their immune system is a is a dead horse. Well, (laughs) Well, it may be a dead horse because you haven't filled it with life. And so that you understand how to do that. And now it's not like you're going out and breaking rules or you're not, not applying or doing what's supposed to be done. But the fear in you, if, you're, if you know you're the creator of your life, you would be saying like, I would never create that. That's, that's just not like an arrogant way. It would just be like, no, I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm more unlimited. My, my, my body is more unlimited than what, I, what I've been told. That, that's, that's when knowledge becomes power. And knowledge about yourself should be self-empowering.
0: And so you mentioned a couple of things in there about, you know, these wow surprises, something that's going to rock our world. And, and when you mentioned that, I thought about miracles and something you've talked about. You know, when we think about reality, how should we think about miracles?
1: Well, there's a there's a polarity with miracles. There's such a, a contrast. I mean, a miracle is something that ha- happens outside of convention, whether it's social convention, a scientific convention, religious convention, uh, political convention, something that happens outside of the current belief systems of a culture. And when it happens and there's no no relative cause that they could understand that's producing that effect, they assign it to something supernatural or something that, that is in the hands of God. But So then... When a person's diagnosed with cancer, when a person's diagnosed with leukemia, when a person's diagnosed with MS, with lupus, the person uh, that has that experience, the immediate response that they have when they get the diagnosis is fear, right? And they and they capture the moment. They remember the diagnosis. They remember all of it. So now, the person who says, "Oh, I'm going to overcome this cancer or to overcome this diagnosis by changing the way I think and feel," not, well everybody in their life is going to say, uh, wow, you're kind of foolish. Yeah, you're kind of, uh, that's, that's probably not the best way to do it because anything that challenges convention is always, always has been seen as foolhardy or uh, uh, ill-equipped. But when, when the person pulls it off, then they're considered a mystic, a saint, a genius, right? So now fast forward to today. If you said to me, Jason, a year ago, Do you think you would be seeing the healings and the changes in people's health uh, that you are seeing currently today? I would say uh, maybe at the end of my lifetime, maybe once or twice. But this year I have witnessed more than once, many times, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, people stepping out of their wheelchairs People with strokes, moving limbs, people that have had stage four cancer that were told to go home and die. I've seen tumors in the brain, in the spinal cord, in the body, osteosarcomas in children, rare genetic disorders that medical science had no solution for, go completely into a reversal. Now, to me, this is the new normal. This is the four-minute mile. We're piercing a veil of consciousness, just like the four-minute mile was considered impossible uh, you know, for the human body to physiologically to run a mile in four minutes. Well, <laughs> now once one person did it, two weeks later, somebody else did it. I mean, there's 1,400 people that have done it since. It's the same thing. person stands on the stage with stage four cancer, a 45-year-old woman who's tried everything, chemo, radiation, surgery, diet, nutrition, yoga, fasting, matter to matter, nothing changed. One moment, one moment energy affects matter, And complete reversal, the the scans to prove it. She's standing on the stage. She doesn't look like a vegan. She doesn't look like she's in shape. She doesn't look like she's a movie star. She's not particularly dressed to your liking. She's just a normal person. The person in the audience who's listening her tell the testimony, the story of her transformation with the same health condition, there's a footprint in consciousness that that person can step into. There is evidence in three-dimensional reality. There's truth right in front of you. You're looking at an example of truth. Then you take the scientific data that we have. The thousands and thousands of brain scans. The thousands and thousands of heart measurements. The thousands and thousands of studies we've done on all different types of people. We have evidence now in scientific discovery. We have evidence in testimony. And evidence becomes the loudest voice. So. So the miraculous all of a sudden is starting to become more common because common people are doing the uncommon because they're understanding they don't have to wait for their diagnosis to heal. And if they've created that health condition, maybe they can uncreate it and they got to change their personality in order to do it. And they don't do it once or twice and say, oh, it didn't work. No, you didn't work. (laughs) You got to keep going. You know, it's got to become a skill. And once you understand the formula and we've we've whittled it down to a formula then you can't say, I want to heal. You'd say, I'd have to learn the formula first to heal. And when people start rearranging that a little bit, then they don't miss a day. They, they want to do it because they understand how to signal new genes. They understand how to create more brain coherence. They understand how to fill their heart with energy again. They understand um, how to uh, create a memory of their future and brand it in their brain and think within the circuitry of that and feel within those emotions. And they practice falling from grace, getting back, into that state right away. They don't wait to the end of the day and say, I failed. They say, hey, I'm out of balance. This doesn't feel like I'm connected to my future. Let me get back into that state. Now that is a person who's taking their power back because now they're saying, I'm not gonna rely on my disease to change in order for me to feel joy and abundance and, and gratitude. I'm gonna feel joy, abundance, gratitude, worthiness, and I'm gonna generate some health. I'm gonna feel healthy. And if you practice it every day, you'll sooner or later, you start feeling better.
0: So I know we're short on time. I'm going to close with my last question. You know, your call to arms, if you will, for, for everyone listening out there, no matter where they are in their journey, if there's one thing, one non-negotiable that we should all take with us in this, uh, this, this stressful, unpredictable time of uncertainty, as many of us are looking to reset. You know, What's that one non-negotiable? What's that one thing we should all take with us?
1: Yeah, every day, instead of reaching for your cell phone and, and connecting to your WhatsApp and your texts and your Facebook and your Instagram and, your, and the news and your email and your work email, instead of connecting to everything known in your life, and instead of remembering your problems, instead of getting up and letting your body drag you into the same future because you've conditioned it to do that, Why not sit down and disconnect from your environment? Close your eyes uh, and play some soft music to take away the ambient sounds that could distract you in your environment. Sit your body down and make it stay in one place in one time and, and forget about your body and not eat anything, not drink anything, not smell anything, not experience and feel anything and begin to change your brain and body ahead of your environment. And, and ask yourself this question, what is the greatest expression that I can present to the world today? Uh, can I overcome my fear a little bit more? Can I overcome my judgment? Can I give up my resentment? Can I stop thinking this way? Can I catch myself when I'm speaking this way? And let me just review who I want to be when I open my eyes and make the effort to get into it to such a degree that you start becoming it. And it's not about our wealth or our health or our freedom or our relationships is who we become in the process and and uh, i think if enough people do that and they demonstrate that to the world i think other people will see it as permission for them to do the same and i think that's a healthy way to start changing a culture
0: amen to that dr joe dispenza thank you so much for being with us and and god bless
1: thank you jason for doing what you do also
0: thank you so much thank you guys for tuning in